Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you get past your fears, blocks, and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my community. You can become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. I want to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are and ultimately to profit from your expertise and build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. You know, as we build our businesses, we quickly come to the realization that we just can't do everything ourselves if we truly want to build a business and not just a glorified job. I know well how scary it is to make a hiring decision, the first third, I should say, of my career in human resources specializing in recruitment and staff development. There's no more important decision that you'll make than who to bring on board, and that's especially true when you're an entrepreneur. But how do you do it? How do you find, choose, and work with someone effectively? To answer that, I thought I'd go to the horse's mouth, so to speak, and talk directly to a virtual assistant. Beatrice Ten Tai is a virtual assistant who I connected with in a Facebook group. She recently wrote a post that I described as a rant, and it talked about the big mistake that entrepreneurs make by not hiring a VA. She's got an extensive background in corporate and organizational life where she built her skills in administration, organization, project management, and problem solving. Listen in as Beatrice and I discuss why entrepreneurs find it so difficult and actually fear working with a VA, why she doesn't recommend that you just dive into asking questions when interviewing a VA, when you should start thinking about getting virtual help, and it's likely going to surprise you. We'll talk about mistakes made when hiring and managing a virtual assistant and what to consider when you know you need help but can't seem to find the right person. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, Beatrice, thank you so much for coming today. You're so welcome, and I'm so happy to be invited to your show. Thank you so much, Winnie. Oh, you're welcome. So let's just dive right in here. We met in a Facebook group, and Mm -hmm. I don't remember now if you were posting to the group itself or to your own page. It was a pretty long, long post, what I would consider almost a rant, and it was, but it was talking about how entrepreneurs can be fearful of working with a VA, and they drag their feet with working with one. I was amening you the entire time I was reading it. So that's really what led us to connect for this interview. So let's just jump right in and and talk about some of the reasons why entrepreneurs resist a VA. Can you share some of them? 
Yes, I think the, the most important and the most for, forward point is really that people are fearful. They are fearful of losing control. They are fearful of handing things over to somebody else who might not do it as well as they know that they can do it. Those are really the two points. And it's very, very difficult for entrepreneurs to sort of jump over that point and trust somebody else and uh, really hand over work and just sort of give it a try. Finding the right VA is important, and I think that is another area that we should maybe touch on. Yeah, yeah, we will talk about that. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, I think that it, you know, reminds me of just being like being a manager in corporate life. I, I was a manager. I had, I ran the biggest division, biggest department in my division at one point, and then when uh, just before I was in my car accident, I was the almost the assistant executive director. I was the director of HR and chapter operations mm -hmm. for a large chapter of the American Red Cross. Yeah. So I was responsible for a lot of people. And of course, as the leader, right, you, ultimately you're responsible. So to give something to someone and have them not deliver, yeah, it's a fear because, you know, they're going to reflect poorly on you. It does. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that plays into this is also that very often entrepreneurs who start working or are looking for VA, they are still in the employer-employee mode, right? So that puts a whole different aspect on the relationship. A virtual assistant is really a, a business owner, such mm -hmm. as you are, such as everybody else. And therefore, we take responsibility for our work. We are proud about how we work and yeah. that's something that the people need to sort of learn yes I, I agree with you I and I think it it can be difficult to to when you are the business owner hiring the VA it can be difficult to get that mindset mm -hmm. out of your head especially if you've been a manager for a long time like I was you're just, you know, you're used to that, but mm -hmm. there are, and, and I don't know if we'll have time to go into this. I'm, I may have uh, a, an accounting or finance expert or a legal expert to come on to really talk about this. There are people who, in my opinion, misclassify and mistreat their VA. They're really treating them like an employee, and that is a very dangerous yes place to be in for a lot of reasons. But let's talk about um, some of the issues around hiring your first VA and getting more comfortable with that. Um, I know when I hired my first VA, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was nowhere near ready for one, but I had, um, I had been working with a coach who kept telling me, you need to get a VA, you need to get a VA. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm lucky I knew what a VA was. You know, I just, I guess in theory, I knew I was busy, but I wasn't really ready. I didn't know. So can you talk about that? How do you get ready? How do you know you're ready to hire a VA? I think basically anybody who starts her own, his or her own business needs a VA. And ideally from the beginning. However, there's, of course, the money issue, right? You're starting a business. You don't make enough money yet. So you've, and then your fear factor, oh, my God, I don't even know myself yet exactly what I'm doing. So how am I going to hand over uh, a work to a VA? However, I think it's really the 
connection. It's during the intake process. It's during the time when you really look for a VA. You don't only speak with one, you speak with a number of VAs. And therefore, during the, these discussions, the VA ideally guides you through how to start working with her, how to build the relationship, because you want to have a VA who really treats your business the way you treat it yourself, right? And it really identifies with you, really looks after you, really sort of brainstorms with you, ideally. And so while you talk with AVA, you will find out whether you resonate, whether you have a, a connection. And if that connection is there, for me, it's the end. Because I work in relationships, the most important part of a VA client relationship, in my opinion, is the relationship, the, the, the trust that you build with each other. Right. So in talking with a number of VAs, you will find out whether you have that connection. And there's a few other aspects as well. Obviously, the kind of work that you have to hand over because every business has different work that mm -hmm. they need to have looked after. Um, it's always administrative, obviously, in nature. So basically what you want to think of is somebody who will look at and after the back end of your office. So basically all the administrative stuff that you have to deal with, that frees you up time to go out and generate income. But I have, I have had my share of clients that also have gone, that I let go, uh, or that went somewhere else, decided to stop their business, uh, to half their business, whichever way it was. And if you work in a good relationship, you can even help people after that. You know, or you can help them find somebody else. But, but really the point is don't be fearful. Just go out and interview people and make a list of what kind of tasks you want to have done. And one of my things is, and that's a very valuable tip I'm going to give you now, is start with your procrastination list because we all have one. We all have a right. list, and even I do. I have a list of things that I don't want to do or that I really like mm, or that I'm not that urgent yet, and that is usually a very good way of starting. So right. just take your heart into your hands, put it out, and connect with people. Yeah, and I think that even that, though, is something that people find difficult to do. You mentioned just start interviewing people. I am a former human resources professional. I was an interviewer, a recruiter, and I used to teach people how to interview. It is one of the things they despise doing, even managers, even who, who I supported and who I coached you know, within the, the company and who mm -hmm. I was their recruiter. They still hated, hated, hated doing interviews. So do you have any favorite uh, questions or things like that that, that you can, that you like to, to see people ask their VAs? Yeah, what I usually do is when I, from the VA side, start talking with a potential client is uh, in order to get a feel for whether we really resonate, whether we think we have a connection, we talk about anything but the business for about 10, 15 minutes. So we talk about where did you grow up? What are your hobbies? Do you have children? Do you have pets? Where do you go during vacation? Just to sort of get a feel for how each of us expresses herself and whether the other party likes 
right? Do I like what I'm hearing from the potential client? Does the, the, the business owner like how I express myself, what I say? You know, all these things, my body language, because very often I do these calls on Zoom because I want to see the person. So right. how is the body language? How is the eye contact? Uh, all these things. And then once we have a feeling after 10, 15 minutes, and if it's positive, then it is so much easier to ease into the workload, what has to be handed over. So that is a process that I really like to do, and that is, has, has proven itself to be very, very effective. Okay. Yeah, I, I know when I hired uh, this first VA, um, the, she came recommended to mm-hmm. me by a coach who I worked with. And this person, uh, you know, like I said, I probably didn't know what I needed her to do to begin with, but I was not happy with her performance. And I think a big part of it was that I just took her as a recommendation. So recommendations are great places to start because, you know, what are you going to do, run an ad? Not that you couldn't, but... You know, most people don't want to do that, right? So you get some recommendations, but you do still have to conduct an interview. Even though this person is not an employee, you're still hiring a vendor, right? You're you're entering into an agreement with a vendor. Um, So yeah, going through the all the due diligence of the selection process is important. One of the problems that I've seen people. Um, and one of the mistakes I've seen people make both in corporate life and as employers, you know, looking for a VA or anybody else is that they have more than one job <laughs> that they're trying to really fill that, you know, I was talking to a, a client a few weeks ago who really needs a VA mm-hmm. and he said, well, I can't find anybody who, you know, who can do what I need. And I said, mm-hmm. well, tell me what you need. Yeah. yeah. Right. I said, that's three jobs. That's at least three people. Yes. You can't do that. You need three people then. You can't just find, that person is like a needle in a haystack, I think, yes. that, to yes. find somebody who has all those skills. Well, in a situation like that, what I might suggest is to really determine what is the most important part. What right. are the, the tasks that really need to be outsourced right yeah. away? And for the moment, forget about the rest and then build on over time and maybe get somebody else to do this, either through me if we're working together that I can help and find somebody else or, you know, there's always ways to do this. But don't overload. If it's three people, start with one because it takes time to really get together, to really find our own groove in how we work because I take over or I try to... Uh, imitate, copy your language. So when I connect with your clients, I want your clients to have one kind of language from my client and me so that we as a team have one view, right? So people don't want to have different languages. They want to have like one business face, so to speak. So if you start with two or three people, you'll be totally overwhelmed. And yes, so... Take it easy, start with the most important part, and, right. and then build on later on. Yes. Now, one of the things that um, I hear 
differing opinions on from VAs as well as from, from entrepreneurs is the idea of, I think of it as setting someone up for success. So when you bring somebody in, whether they're a contractor or VA or, or an actual employee, you theoretically should, right, have systems, processes, and I think that's part of the problem with your average entrepreneur who's maybe going to hire their first VA is that a lot of times they're figuring this stuff out as we go, right? And it's not like we're making it up, but we haven't really taken the time to really codify our Mm -hmm. processes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I've known VAs who will not work with somebody who does not have processes. So what do we do there? I do work with uh, people who don't have a process. However, it's very important to put processes in place. Absolutely. And what what I mostly do is, in accordance with the clients, I I create procedure manuals. Okay. So everything that the client that I do on behalf of the client gets documented, and therefore is always available. Goes into our shared Dropbox folder and is available to the client. Is available to me and is updated as we go along. The other thing that I also do is when somebody is starting her business is really what kind of tools do we use in order to make everything move together, right? Because you can have... uh, you can have so many different tools, but if they don't connect with each other, very often you have so much more work because you might have to copy, let's just for argument's sake, an address from here to there to there to there in order to make your system work. And that is totally, obviously time-consuming and not the ideal way of doing business. So that's something else, a strategy of how do we set systems up and then how do we keep them in place and, and um, writing the policies so we have everything documented. Yeah, okay, that's, that's great. Um, Another issue is this issue of management, right? Mm -hmm. You have, I've had clients who have, who swing wildly. Um, I worked with a a chef slash owner of a restaurant Mm -hmm. and in many ways he made me crazy. And actually I no longer work with restaurants now because of him. And, And one reason why was he would never make a decision and would just abdicate decisions to me. No. And, right, no. It's not my business. I'll help you decide, but it's not my business. I'm not going to say this is this is what we should do. I will help, like I said, I'll help you decide. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about this issue of leadership and management of your VAs? And, Cause then of course there's the horror person who's the micromanager who makes you nuts. So, yes. so let's talk yes. about these people in general. Okay. Now just as a framework, overall, any decision is the decision of the business owner. Right. Okay? And that is very clearly stated in my policies and procedures. However, I find that when I work with a client for a longer time and we really know each other, very small decisions I can take and the client expects me to take. Um, It's usually not really discussed. It just sort of 
happens. Like, for example, I have a client who is very, very tall. When I book a flight for him over the last year, I've automatically chosen a, fl- a, a, a seat for him where he has more space, which costs a little bit more money, but he is ever so grateful. Right. Because, you know, if he has to fold himself into one of those seats and he flies to California, by the time he arrives, he's like exhausted and he yeah. has to go into a meeting. So those are things that I can decide over time. Mm-hmm. However, in the beginning of the relationship, I never, ever, ever take any decisions. Um, I always ask and want to have feedback. And I think it's very important to, to create that, uh, you know, because that creates yeah. trust. Uh, the other thing, uh, yeah, coming back to... The micromanaging client, um, I did have a client like that at some point, and um, it was a very young relationship. I loved her. She was awesome. She was open. She was uh, full of life, humor, energy. I just adored this woman. However, I found her stifling in a way. She was stifling me because she was trying to really manage me. And so at some point, I sent her an email. I believe it was an email. Maybe I called her. And said, hey, you know, can we have a talk? And we talked about this. And I was prepared having to let her go if she didn't realize what was going on and that it was stifling me. Luckily for both of us, she was understandable and understanding. And we agreed on um, just a little tool, like just a little thing whereby whenever she sent me a micromanaging email, I would just return it and put a smiley That was all I did. And so she realized she had that visual that she was micromanaging, and it took about two months, and we were okay. It still happened every once in a while. But, you know, when that happens, don't give up. It's just something that people are used to, and it's open communication, which is so important in in a client-VA relationship because that builds the trust, that allows the trust to really come forward and grow and grow so that we are one team. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I think that back to the issue of this issue of trust and parameters, I think that part of it also is sitting down and talking about the situations the person is going to handle. And here are my parameters. You know, I'm fine if you make a decision and and tell me about it later within, you know, this dollar range or whatever, these these set of conditions. Yes. Anything beyond that, hey, you need to to let me decide. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Absolutely, because one thing is it's the client's business. It's not mine. I identify with the business. I treat it as if it was my own, but it is the client's uh, business, so... Yeah. And I think that I think it's common to swing wildly in one way. You don't want to be a micromanager. So you just give the person free reign, which isn't good either. But then you're so terrified that mistakes will be made and that you'll have problems that you can micromanage. So I think we're all trying to find that nice, happy medium where we're providing the leadership that we need to. We're providing the parameters that we need to, but we're not making anybody nuts. So. Absolutely. And that takes time. And that is something that very often can happen in the beginning of the working relationship, but it shouldn't be very long. And the pendulum should be swinging less and less and less until it's pretty even. Yes. Great. Great. Any, any final tips that you have for somebody who is about to begin this process of, of hiring their first VA? I think, yes. 
don't only speak with one, speak with a few VAs so that you're really sure as to who you feel the most comfortable with mm. and who you feel is the best candidate to do the work that you need to hand over. And tip number two is really give it time. Don't expect your VA to know your business within one month. That will never work. Right. I always say to a potential client, it can take up to half a year before we have fully found our groove because the trust is building up over time. Mm -hmm. And the more trust there is, the more open both sites are, right? You as a business yes. owner, you're not going to tell me about your deepest misery in your business in my first month of working with, right. with you. But after, t after time, when you trust me and we have this relationship, you might open up and I might be able to help you there too. So give it time. Give it up to half a year before you really have found your group with your VA and just roll with it and be open. Yeah, yeah. Great, great information and great insight, Beatrice. Why don't you just take a couple of minutes to tell folks exactly what it is you do as a VA? Who do you work with? What are your specialties and how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you? Well, thank you so much, Winnie. I gladly do this. Yes. Um, my clientele is mostly coaches. Um, really interesting. I never really decided to work with coaches. I seem to attract them, which sometimes makes me think, what is the universe telling me here? You know? <laughs> but I love working with coaches. They are, they are just, my clients are awesome. Um, I Obviously, I work with a very select clientele. Uh, at the moment, I have five clients that I work with. And um, I my range of work is so different for every single one of them. Uh, it, you know, I've done some amazing different stuff. I've done very uh, simple um, work, and it can start with scheduling. It goes over to WordPress blog posting, WordPress updates. It's a lot of internet research. Um, sometimes it's even... I had a client once who wanted to have a puzzle made and it was supposed to be something like six by eight feet feet wow. and it had to be out of wood and it was supposed to have blocks of puzzle pieces that were big enough to write on on the back so then the whole piece had to be sandwiched between two plexiglass sheets and I loved it. it. This is not your typical VA work. And some people might say, no, I don't do this. But I dived into it and I did it. Um, and I had fun with it. I found, in fact, a bad puzzle maker, maker in the States who did this puzzle, delivered it, and everybody was totally excited about it. So that's great. The range of work that I do is so full of variety that it's, you know, um, just think about the administrative backend of your office and throw in some weird stuff, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I do dinner reservations. I buy movie tickets. Uh, you know, I do all of the thing, these things as well. Um, my advice is think about everything that you do that does not make you money. All of that you can hand over. And that is maybe something that you want to sort of uh, look at when you speak with VAs. Is she open to do these things? Because as I said earlier, some, some VAs don't. They are strictly right. task-oriented uh, and they just don't want to do anything uh, different. I do. I thrive on it. I need challenges. That's great. Uh, so if 
you know, if you want to find some more information about me, you can go to my website. It's BeatriceTentai.com. And I'm pretty sure that Winnie will spell that out maybe a little bit more later. I absolutely will. Yes, we'll have links directly to that in the show notes, as well as links to all of Beatrice's social media profiles so you can track her down everywhere on the net where she is. Thank you. Thanks very much for being here today, Beatrice. I appreciate your information. Thank you so much, Winnie. All right, I hope you found that interesting and helpful. Beatrice is really an outstanding professional. If you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you've consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can subscribe to the video version on YouTube. But when you subscribe at my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll receive episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding to profit from your expertise. I share information to help position you and pre-sell yourself as the unique trusted advisor that you are. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol is necessary, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't hurt. But don't drink and drive and don't drink to excess. Okay, so think about how you work and where the bottlenecks or stuck points are in your business. You know, we start off with the idea to build a business, but often what we end up creating is just a job working for an incredibly mean boss ourselves. The true businesses, as you well know, are organized in a way that lets you maximize your earnings potential while reducing the amount of time that you need to be present to actually earn the revenue. So do you have a business or do you have a glorified job? So are things are there things that you could accomplish if you weren't stuck doing work that, in all honesty, doesn't need to be done by just you? All right, so your action step. Now, I'm going to challenge you to really think about the habits that you have and the processes that you're following. While we may know we need help and we likely want help, our need for control or independence or for certainty can lead us to continue to do every task ourselves when that's really not the way to maximize profitability. So identify one thing that you really don't like doing or you know you need to do, but you never find the time for, you never make the time for. That would be an example of what Beatrice called a procrastination goal. I know I have them. Then start with that one task and write down all the steps or at least all the components to do that task. Identify how much time you think it would take to do it and you know it probably takes you a lot more time than somebody else who's really a true expert in doing it and create a plan to get just that single thing done by someone else create a list of the skills you think are involved in that you know the concrete skills like the experience using a particular software and the soft skills of being a quick learner or any other skills that you need you know, being somebody who works well with other people. Do you have deadlines or times when this work needs to be done every day, every week, or every month? Then start asking people that you know who use the same tools and who have a similar business model to yours, who they use and what they like or don't like about that person and their performance. 
You can even ask people what mistakes they made in hiring and choosing and managing a VA. Think about your style of working and the kind of person that you'd like to work with. But remember, you're not looking for your exact duplicate. Get some names and contact information and get started looking because it'll take you longer to find someone than you really think it will. I did an interview with Craig Cannings. He's one of the co-founders of VA Classroom. That's the top place for VAs to go to for training in specific tools that they need. Craig shares his insight on hiring and managing a VA as well. So if you'd like to get that recording, then head over to the show notes for this episode at winnieanderson.com slash VA. And if you're looking for help as you grow in your journey of becoming or being a courageous entrepreneur, you'd like help to stay focused on completing your big projects, coming out of hiding, taking your business and you, you to the next level of success, then consider joining an action takers group. These are small groups of no more than 10 solo professionals and entrepreneurs who provide accountability and support to each other as they move forward to achieve their goals that they otherwise would probably lose focus on. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to winnieanderson.com slash take action. All one word. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.